Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And Brett, we were normally, this time of year, we kind of transition to basketball. And certainly we're going to talk about Arizona men's basketball and women's basketball later in this podcast. Don't worry. But Arizona football goes on the road at UCLA, proves you prophetic, and beats mm-hmm. the Bruins. Final score of 34-28, meaning Arizona improved to 4-6 and six overall with two games left to play. So bowl eligibility is still a thing. Put them in the Rose Bowl, you cowards! <laughs> I mean, they just they were just at the Rose Bowl and they won. That's so fair. yeah, no, uh, you know the lesson here, kids, is stick to your guns. I said that Arizona was going to steal one of those gauntlet games, and that made me pick it. <laughs> they took it until the I, very end. I was a man of my word, and it paid off. Integrity counts. Um, oh, no, so it's integrity. Okay, sh- sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. Uh, it was a it was a hell of a game for for the Wildcats. It was a really fun, entertaining game. Uh, I mean, the, you know, the defense held a really good UCLA offense to twenty eight points, somewhat due to maybe questionable choices by Chip Kelly and UCLA. Uh, you know, between going for it on fourth and five, and I don't know, not giving your best player uh, the ball on the last drive to try to win the game. Uh, but Arizona should absolutely take the win. Jane Delora was. Uh, you know, borderline flawless. Uh, the defense, you know, produced pressure consistently. It was everything you wanted to see uh, in that game, and and they came away with a big win. And you know, just two more games, and we're going to you know the Cheez It Bowl, maybe or whatever yeah. sixth place Pac twelve. <laughs> Doesn't matter there. if there's if there's a thirteenth game this season. That's everything you could hope for. If, if that if mean- that app- if that yeah. happens, also say hello to Jed Fish, Coach of the Year, and you extend that man as long as possible. Yeah. The UCLA game, like to your point, Brad, it was it was so much fun to watch. Obviously, Arizona winning is fun. The way they were in this game, they were up fourteen nothing in the first half. Like Arizona, this was they outplayed UCLA. You know, like it wasn't a dominant effort, no, but Arizona was the better team on the field for most of the game. And you mentioned Jay and Delora was just fantastic. It was. The best of Jaden Delores. Some of the plays he was making. I know Chip Kelly said afterwards they haven't really faced a quarterback who can scramble. Like he was like, you have one on your own team. Like what's, but regardless, Delora was outstanding in this game, uh, making plays where he had to. Did not make mistakes. Didn't put the ball in danger. Obviously, Michael Wiley had a very good game. He's had a very good season. But the defense is the story in this one. And yeah, it wasn't like they locked UCLA down. You say averaged. You know, you say what had what four hundred sixty four yards of total offense. Yep. You know, they ran 76 plays, though. Uh, they were on the field a lot. Arizona's defense, this was very much bend but don't break. They got turnovers. They got three sacks in this game. They had the tackles for loss. They made life tough for UCLA. And, you know, the question is, of course, like, how did that happen? Like, is this opponent-related, or is there something that Johnny Nansen has figured out? And, you know, they looked better against Utah the week before, right? All the fumbles and the turns did not help them, but they looked better. They were getting more pressure. They were not good, but they weren't a disaster. They weren't necessarily good against UCLA, but they made enough plays. And that's the type of defense you need when your offense can do what theirs can do. So the question is, like, why did that happen? Was it the changes? Did Johnny Anson, there were more blitzing people notice? Although I feel like I don't chart plays, but did they blitz more or did their blitzes get home? You know, the depth, they're rotating more defensive guys in, more of their freshmen. Like, there's, like, what change that allowed Arizona's defense to be competent against one of the better offenses in the Pac-12? Yeah, I was going to say, it, it's it's amazing what an average defense can do when you have a really good offense, right? Yeah. I, I, I think to answer your question, 
I think it's a little bit of all of that, right? Like there was more guys getting rotated in. There was more blitzing. It's, you know, the, the thing that like, you know, Tai Tai, I'll let you pronounce the last name. Like that's an undersized, under physically developed true freshman on the interior of the defensive line, got a sack on, on DTR at the Rose bowl mm-hmm. as a true freshman. Right. And like, that's a really promising thing. If you look at that and say, Oh wow. Imagine when he has 40 more pounds of muscle on him in a, in a year or two. Right. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe I, I, I don't know if Rob Bowron was on the Twitter machine, uh, eating, eating some crow over, uh, his Johnny Nansen slander, but it's only, it's only one game also, uh, but you know, it's it's hard to not feel like that was a massive step in the right direction. Uh, with and I think I think rotating a lot of the young guys in there uh, not only makes a difference in terms of they they make some plays, but also it keeps other guys fresher. Uh, that makes it easier to get off the line. I know I, I've noticed in the last couple of games sometimes where the defensive guys look they look gassed sometimes on some of these long mm-hmm. drives, and that's that's a hard thing when you're struggling to stop the run. That's when you know a seven yard carry becomes a 70 yard carry uh, later in the game. But, you know, I, I, it's, it's, this is what we were hoping to see out of this defense at this point in the season, I think. Right. Uh, Well, it's the best case scenario. Yeah. And the fact that you're seeing results on the field, even with these guys that are just bluntly, not physically ready for, (laughs) for D one football, right? Like Isaiah Ward got on the field. He was a really relatively highly touted guy. He didn't even have, he had not even his normal number on there and he didn't have a name on the back, right? And he's this lanky guy out there. I mean, Sterling Lane's getting more reps. Deuce Davis, those guys are like... Jacob Manu has just been terrific. Yeah, he's been, you know, he's been playing like a maniac out there. One Pac-12 freshman of the week, uh, I think, on the defensive side. But like, if you look at this game, like Zach Charbonnet came back for you saying he was great, right? 182 yards, three touchdowns. He was their offense. DTR really didn't burn Arizona. His legs didn't really burn him. You know, he didn't, he was 26 or 39 passing 245 yards. He wasn't, he wasn't the threat that he normally is. And it just goes to show like this offense UCLA was not what they normally are. And you absolutely have to credit Arizona's defense. I'm just, I'm just curious because yeah, I know like Rob Brown, I don't know if he was, he's like, Oh, look at them blitzing. And I don't chart the place. I don't know how often Arizona blitzes. I know. I think Michael Lev mentioned they were doing more corner blitzes types of thing. And that's great. You know, it shouldn't take till November to figure out how to make your defense work. But at the same time, obviously progress is progress. You don't, you know, you'll be like, oh man, I wish, yes, I wish they would have gotten better sooner. But hey, if this is, if they really truly have turned a corner, they picked as good a time as any. You know, there's still time to get to a bowl game and, of course, beat ASU. So yeah, it's, if they can do this, if this is what the offense's ceiling is, and it might be at least for, you know, the rest of this season and into next year until the talent level really improves, then Arizona's going to win some football games. One thing that I think we can't understate too is Arizona got off to a 14 nothing lead in this game. When you're doing that, and it helps because the defense got stops, and the offense didn't get a touchdown their first drive, but the defense got a couple of stops. The Arizona offense turned those into points, and now you're up two scores. It changes the dynamic of the game. You're not playing from behind, and the defense can be a little different. They can play a little different. UCLA has to play a little different. So they talk about complementary football. This was it. You know, oh, even totally. Tyler Loop was good. Like the special teams was good. The defense was good. The offense was good. Like this was a complete team win and not the toughest environment the Rose Bowl anyone who's ever been to a game there knows it's not exactly a raucous crowd but you it just it's a type of game where you watch and go yeah that's what it could be and you know maybe you say it doesn't have to leave the conference like they can stick around for a little bit this is fun <laughs> well and I, I think I tweeted it out from the, the the podcast handle like Chip Kelly was showing some disrespect a few times on going for it on fourth downs as Chip Kelly, Kelly is prone to do um like the fourth and five one was probably where not... in the field they were on that one i feel like it was the they're... area where you really don't want to punt and you don't want to kick the field goal like i think it was like i think plus like 40 30, or something like I that think they were at like the 34 but also it was like if you make the field goal there it's really really hard on arizona to win the game but it's a really long field goal i mean i, I get i'd rather i'd rather put the ball in dtr's hands than yeah. on whoever their kicker's like foot is like in a moment like that like but i get your point and well, that's the thing, Arizona. Does Arizona have that respect? Because you're going to say, offensively, oh, they definitely I think, don't. <laughs> I, I feel like offensively, people respect Arizona. They yeah. know if you give Arizona the ball and they need a score, there's a good chance they're going to get it or they're going to get in position to get that score. But on the flip side, you say, yeah, well, they get that score, but the defense will give it up. And to to that point, Arizona's defense, I know people were kind of like, why did 
uh, Jed Fisher left for the field goal, that chip shot field goal to make it a six-point game at the end when obviously a touchdown ends the game. I forget if they could have gotten a first down on that one. I don't think so. I think it was either a touch. I think it was an end goal situation. And I get it. You know, like I understood the film. Like, hey, kick the field. Trust your defense. The odds of them driving 75 yards to get a touchdown are slim. And of course, you said I got in a position where a ball went thrown into the back of the end zone just out of the reach of the guys. I'm like, wow. He looking back, there's like, wow, he was he was open. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about that, Adam. Nope. It's one of those where you're like, you watch the hell, you're like, like, oh, there's no way they're going to get the, hey, in the game, that's what happened. And you look at it, you're like, wait, whoa. Like, and, and on that play, though, like, Hunter Eccles got pressure on DTR, moved him off his yep. spot. He had to throw the ball in the run, which helps make it a less than accurate throw. But could you, <laughs> like, it all works out in the end, but can you imagine if he had caught that ball? <laughs> you're like, well, the, the, the defensive backs looked like they had just kind of assumed the play was over somehow in that play, but. Yeah. Uh, could you, you imagine, know, like, what a way to look. Oh, God. I don't, I prefer not to. <laughs> but I, I actually am. I remember I, I was monitoring the Twitter machine, and I think I was one of the few people that agreed with kicking the field goal there. I agreed with it. I had no problem um, with it. Anyway. Well, and it's for the reason that Jed Fish mentioned, which was UCLA. And I actually thought it when I was watching the game earlier in the second half that, like, wow, they're kind of, you know, they're burning some timeouts early. That may come back to haunt them. And it did, right? Uh, because UCLA had no timeouts. It wasn't just going down, marching on the field to score, but they had no timeouts. So that's, yeah. a, that's a different thing where it's not just can you get, you know, march down the field and get in the end zone. Uh, you know, it, it like it was advantage Arizona yeah. at that point. Yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a good game management decision by Jed Fish. And it, paid it, off. it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's good because it worked, Adam. <laughs> because I mean, also like, and this is this is the thing about coaching, right? When the decision works, you say, "Hey, good call." You know, it didn't cost you. Or it's like if he kicks, if they get a touch on there, people are like, "Why did you kick the field goal? You could have just ended the game." Of course, if you go to try to end the game, you don't get it. Now they just need a field goal to tie it. Like it's that's the hard part about coaching with play calling is when it works. Everybody says, "Hey, that was good." When it doesn't work, or it's like that was terrible. What are you thinking? When in reality, the result doesn't mean the decision was poor, right? But that's that's sports. That's how this goes. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's kind of the inverse of the Jed Fish trying to. I, I forget who it was where he did the surprise onside kick that I think you and I both were like oh, no, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't work out. It was really close to working, and it would have been you know brilliant had it worked. And but, you understand why you take that risk at the yeah, time. Yeah. So you know, and, and in that sense, I feel like even for the players on the field, but even the coaching staff, whether it's Johnny Nansen or Jed Fish, uh, you know game calling play calling like like there was some they marched down the field their early possessions that you know the defensive calls were working they were getting pressure more than they have you know all season right mm -hmm. um you know maybe there's 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 development and and an improvement uh from jedfish all the way through the you know the true freshman linemen that are getting reps for the first time this season and it's it it makes it's it's more fun when Arizona wins, Adam. <laughs> Agreed. <That's, laughs> if, they, if we can take anything away from that UCLA game is that it's more fun when Arizona wins. Well, Brett, let's take a break because that win, of course, mentioned Arizona still has bowl eligibility. They got two games left to play. They need to win both of them. The first one of those two is a home game against Washington State, who is tough but beatable. Let's talk about them next. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. And normally we like to find a guest who could preview Arizona's opponent. And in this case, it's Washington State. But since Brett has seen a lot of Washington State over the years, <laughs> he could kind of fill in for that. So, Brett, what can you tell us about the Cougars? It's cold there this time of year, Adam. That's that's the biggest thing I can tell you. I was just there a few weeks ago, and it was cold then in early November. <laughs> and having been there for the... The last couple, uh, um, what's what's the best term? Is bloodbath too strong a term for the last couple games that it were in Pullman? Um, <laughs> they weren't cer pretty. <laughs> certainly, the during the leech years, it was real rough. <laughs> um, hey, uh, you know, I'm not a Washington State expert, but I'm becoming. I've I think I have sampled every uh, craft brewery in the Pullman area, so that makes me a Pullman expert. Um, you know, Washington State. You know, maybe the Wisconsin win that we thought made them really good was not so much of a big win. They're a solid defensive team. Uh, Jaden Delora has feelings coming into this game. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he has. He has. He has big feels. Um, you know, uh, it's it's. I'm 
I'm very excited to talk to you about this because I've been thinking about this internally in my head, and I I have both a a the the angel and devil on my shoulder telling me why I should be optimistic and why I should be pessimistic. Oh, I I, I feel the same way. There are storylines aplenty in this one, of course. If you wanna. I mean, we could get into it, of course. Jaden Delora, that's the first one everyone's talking about. The revenge factor. Like He left Washington State after Washington State hired a new offensive coordinator who then brought in Cam Ward, who's been fine. Like Delora's numbers are better. Ward's also led them to a 6-4 and four record, so it's hard to argue with what they've done. But there's definitely feelings there. And for Delora, who we know, he's a fiery guy. He's an emotional leader. I love that about him. You know, that swagger he plays with. Is he? Is the risk that he's too much in his feels, right? Because you know, he's going to be hyper-focused, but... They don't need any more focus on what he showed against UCLA. That was perfect. Can he be more focused in that? Can he be more amped for that? And is that a good thing? Because you could see it go either way for a player who has, I mean, I I don't know what all went down there. I've read the things, the ideas that maybe he quit on that team and what with the coaching staff. Clearly, he didn't feel welcome and wanted by the end of that season. And he left for Arizona. I know he said that he wanted to transfer somewhere we could play Washington State. So there's, there's some bad blood from his end. I imagine some players on Washington State who are not fans of Jaden Delora. So there's that head-to-head matchup more so than you normally see in college football. That could go either way when it comes to Arizona's chances in terms of winning this game. Because yeah, a hyped up, like a focused Jaden Delora who's sharp is outstanding. A Jaden Delora who is too hyped up, who is too out there, could be problematic. And of course, you go back to the idea that Jaden Delora, you know, every other game is a good Delora game. So like. So st- starting there, Brett, though, what could go well? What, you know, why you're like, Jaden Delora, you can make a case for this being really good, really bad, everything in between. Like, I don't know what to think. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, that's, you're, you're, you've, you basically vocalized my inner monologue from the, from the last, like, <laughs> you go back and hours. forth, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh, he's good. Like, this could be a letdown game after a big win and you're looking ahead to ASU, but Jaden Delora will keep him focused because he's got a grudge, but oh, that could go badly. Um, and, God knows, even week, uh, Jaden Delora, or odd week. Which, which, which is this? Even or odd week? The either other game uh, is a problem, right? Yeah, um, in theory, it is. You know, I and the thing, the thing that I'm, I, I don't know the answer to if I should feel better or worse with all the emotionality for Jaden Delora personally. The thing that I kept coming back to um, as I was thinking it through is this is going to be a really good test of Jed Fish and the coaching staff in terms of preparedness for the team in general and for Jaden Delora specifically, right? Because Jaden Delora, I mean, the the game, the day after that, that press conference or a day or two after the UCLA game, you know, that guy had some, he, he had big feels about the game coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how things ended and with the current coaching staff in particular, and that can be that's a that's a double edged sword if I've ever heard of one, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I kind of think of the I I, I think of um, you know I, I I'm imagining Jed Fish as uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's like, no, do 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 less, do less, <laughs> do less, do do absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I'm you know there's gonna be there's gonna be a, a I I'm like I said I think it's gonna be a real test of Jed Fish. And Jimmy Doherty and the, the coaching staff's preparedness for this game, uh, on the just on the JDL side of the of the of the coin, right? Um, you mentioned another thing too, Brett, the possibly for a letdown, and that's another factor in this game. If we want to move on from Delora, is that Arizona's coming off this monster win, right? They ended this losing streak. They beat a top ten team, top fifteen team in UCLA on the road to keep their season alive. They're both prospects alive. Washington State beat ASU last week. They were it was a comfortable win. They were never really in doubt in that one to clinch bowl eligibility. Now, granted, they could go to a better bowl with more wins, but like each team could be primed for a letdown here after <laughs> what amounts to big wins last week. And of course, you have the games that are next week for each of these teams, right. which are also big. Like like if both teams could suffer from a letdown, could either of them? <laughs> Yeah, I uh you know we had we had Carlos or as you call you I call him Mr. Equity Bruin. Mr. Um, Equity. <laughs> uh last week where they you know in their pod they talk about vibes and like chaos. This game has that in both of those things in spades, right? Like mm-hmm. I it's you you it's a great call because you know the Apple Cup for Washington Washington State like that's a thing up there. I don't And know Washington's good this year. 
Yeah, and in Washington, and but your point is well taken. In Washington State's already at bowl eligibility, so they is that more of a chance of a letdown? I mean, maybe that impacted UCLA looking ahead to this week's matchup, right? Where they were, they kind of looked past Arizona. Keep looking past Arizona, everyone. Keep doing it, please. Also, I think every Arizona fan knows that it's better to it's their teams perform better with no expectations or low expectations, right? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's. I mean, Washington State's got a good defense. If they're if they're smart, they're gonna just run the ball over and over again and not make not you know, they have the Cam Ward, the guy that took, you know, basically pushed Jaden Delora out, depending on how you kind of believe the situation, right? Um He's been fine. He's been he's been fine, but like, like they're not an offensive team. Like we're used to Washington State, Brett. And I know you've seen the games up there where they're dropping 50, 60 points on Arizona. This is not that Washington State. No. Like Cam Ward is not the putting up the numbers he was putting out at Incarnate. Like he's got 20 touchdown passes, eight interceptions on the season. Even their running game, their leading rusher, Watson, has a 607 yards and six touchdowns. They don't have like they're not putting up amazing offensive numbers. Doesn't mean that Grant Cal doesn't put up amazing offensive numbers and they drop 40 something on Arizona. I get that. But this is a Washington State team that averages just 27 points a game. Like they win with defense, which when you mentioned like Jed Fish, it'll be an interesting st- test for his staff, him and his staff. I'm curious about the game plan because now you don't have Jordan Morgan. We left that out of the UCLA talk. Oh, we lost man. Jordan Morgan for the season. Yeah. Grant, he was left that game early and, and they managed Sam Lang. He was at left tackle. But you're going up against a good defense. Now it's not a better defense than Utah. So they've already faced a defense at this, you know, better than this recently. But you're going. This is a team that relies on defense. Washington State going up against a team in Arizona that relies on its offense, and generally Arizona's offense. I mean, I guess Utah's the best teams they faced, and the weather was just so miserable. It's hard to really gauge because Arizona didn't move the ball until they put the ball on the ground. But it's really an interesting situation for Arizona's offense and that coaching staff coming off the momentum of last week. It's not like they lit up UCLA, but they were efficient and productive. Now, without your starting left tackle against a team that relies on its defense. Like, they give up 20 points a game. They average 27, they give up 20. Like, this is a team that does not want to get into a shootout, and Arizona absolutely needs to be able to, need to get into a shootout, or at least needs to be able to put up points. Well, and one of the things that we saw in the UCLA game that I'm very curious to see if it translates into this, into a probably better defense with Washington State um, and with Jordan Morgan out for the rest of the year, Arizona ran the ball, if not, like, uh, super proficiently very effectively against ucla right mm-hmm. and that that allows for sustained drives and it makes you know arizona has almost run the or passed the ball to set up the run whereas most people run the ball to you know set up the pass and like if 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 they can get six plus yards a carry on average and michael wiley has been you know i i I can't recall a more underappreciated player in recent Arizona memory that has low key put up really good numbers, especially. Oh, to- Wiley. Yeah, yeah. I tweeted that listening. I'm like, he's going to leave Arizona. I don't know where he's going to finish in their record books, but he's going to leave as one of the most underappreciated players in the program. Like yeah. recent, especially recent history. He does everything well. He's just a really solid player. I mean, he's go back and look at the percentage of games he scored a touchdown in, in the last 20 games. It's kind of insane. And Arizona hasn't like, scored a lot of touchdowns prior yeah, to this season. <laughs> that's what I was gonna, that was going to be my next point. Like last season, he was putting up touchdowns, guys. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, I don't think, to your point, the game planning question is going to be really fascinating because like, I'm not sure if just trying to go uh, you know, super pass heavy is the right answer. Um, if you're able to get six or seven yards of carry, which if you do that, I think Arizona's going to win if they take care of the ball. Um, sure. This this strikes me as a game where, I mean, it's kind of like a cop out answer, but like I feel like it's going to come down to to turnovers and who's going to make the big mistakes more. Right. Um, if if Jaden Delora fumbles the ball scrambling, right, like that's that's not going to be great for Arizona. That's We've we've seen that a few times this year, um, but you know Arizona's if they can bust out the turnover sword a time or two, if they can get get those stops, and if you can get Michael Wiley getting in and and you know maybe maybe this is a game where Speedy Luke busts out. Just say maybe like a right? screen pass or something on the edge with there because like this is a, Washington State has twenty seven total sacks this season. That's pretty good. They have thirteen forced fumbles, eight fumble recoveries. Just going through their box score here. Obviously, normally again like Brett's disappointing me in his Washington State knowledge. I expected better of him. You know, with an entirely new coaching staff well, and style, did you, did you and did you expect me <laughs> show prep because you are sorely mistaken. Sir. But, but like, when, usually, like when we think of Washington State, we think of the high scoring arms, the Mike Leach teams. 
you know, and then they've gone through this change with Dickert as the coach now, taking over for Rolovich, who might be in Tucson for the game to support Delora. I don't know. <laughs> but regardless, if you see but, him, don't don't go near him. He's certainly not vaccinated. <laughs> one, one thing too about Washington State, though, and you mentioned like maybe they're winning against uh, Wisconsin isn't as big. So it's a grand you go on the road and beat Wisconsin. Still a nice win. But otherwise, their wins are ASU, Stanford, Cal, Colorado State and Idaho. Not exactly a murderer's row. Granted, Cal beat Arizona. I get that. But they're not beating good teams. Now, is Arizona a good team? Like, Arizona's not on Utah's level. That's one of Washington State's losses. They're not on USC's level. That's one of their losses. I guess they don't play Oregon State, but I don't imagine Arizona's on Oregon State's level, and they're certainly not on Oregon's level. So they're mutual opponents, right? There's only, like, one that's a different result, and that's Cal, which Arizona should have beat Cal. Like, Arizona's a better team than Cal. They choked that one away in the second half. That's so frustrating. The more this season has going, like, really? That, that team, you lost to that team like that? But it happened. So, like, how good is Washington State? I mean, they've won games. They've won six of their 10 games played. Like, you'll take that. doesn't matter who you play. But is Arizona better than Stanford? I, I imagine so. Is Arizona better than ASU? I tend to think so. <laughs> so then that means Arizona should have a chance in this game. I know it's like a four-point spread. I picked Arizona to lose on AZ Desert Swarm because I'm just not – I feel like I can't pick Arizona to win games right now. I just can't do it. You know? It's like I yeah. don't want to like, – I'm hedging, sure. But like, I could definitely see a world where Arizona wins this game – to your point, if Arizona's offense plays a clean game, and Delores going to have to scramble some, you know he scrambled some last week. We forget like the offensive line looks a lot better when you have a quarterback who can avoid the pass rush and get rid of the football. So he's going to have to do that, and he's going to have to do it smartly. He's going to have to not force the ball down. He's going to have to run when it's available to him. He's going to have to find guys open because if there's anything about this receiver group, they get open. We saw it last week. Check out Cowing. Thought he might be done for the season after the Utah game, and he comes out and is just great against UCLA. Like okay, like, so. This is a strength versus strength type of matchup. Arizona's offense versus Washington State's defense, whereas neither strength is otherworldly good. They're both very good at their side, right? Arizona has a very good offense, not a great offense. Washington State has a very good defense, not a great defense. It's like, what's going to give here? Then you have Arizona's defense, which showed some fight last week against UCLA. If they play like that, all right. Whereas Washington State has proven the ability to score 28, 30-something points, even though that's not their game. So, like... It's a really interesting matchup with so much on the line. And, like, yeah, I mean, if you're Arizona and you win this game, you set up a monster game next week. ASU's eliminated from bowl contention. Like, they'd be trying to keep Arizona out of a bowl yeah. and to keep the Territorial Cup. But you have Arizona trying to win a third game in a row to finish the regular season. They're at home against Arizona State to win the Cup and to go to a bowl game. Like, but you can't, that doesn't matter if you lose to Washington State, right? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's really well said. Um, you know, that, that Stanford game, I, I think throw that game out. I watched a lot of that game. I don't know if I've ever seen a team as incompetent as Stanford was in that game. And I watched the Arizona Wildcats for the two years prior to this year. <laughs> it was, it was well, like, Stanford's bad. I, like, I oh, wish they were on Arizona's schedule. Arizona got Cal and, you know. I think they had 11 billion fumbles in that game. Um, it was, it was a bizarre thing to behold. Yeah, it I, happens. I think you're right. It's strength on strength. And I, man, I've, I've gone back and forth in my head in terms of, of, of do I think Arizona wins this game? And I want Arizona to win this game. I really do. And I mean, I, I really want them to win. Uh, I, I get the, the Jaden Delora every other game problem, um, which, which kind of leads me to my next with, with his emotionality in this. I think the, I think the best game plan here is to actually try to, take a lot of the decision-making out of Jaden Delora's hands in the play calling in this game is the best chance to success and use, you know, use that uh, emotionality only when it is needed, <laughs> you know, do quick reads, get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, and hopefully you get a, a, a nice lead. Um, I think on balance, Arizona has more to play for in this game with bowl eligibility on the line, but they also have the, both the, 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 the double hit of, come down after a big win and looking ahead to the next rivalry game. Um, but I, man, I, I think I'm going <laughs> to, I, are you going to do it? I, I, I think Arizona's going to win. I think that's, I think I've talked myself into it. I've gone back and forth about 40 times today, just in my head and about 13 of those in the last 12 seconds. I think it's going to be, oh man, let's go with 31 to 27 Arizona. Okay. I got Washington State 
And I just see it being a close game, and then there's like a costly turnover, like a fumble or an uh, interception feels, or something. That feels real. Like, but at the same time, like again, it's like what carries over from these. Arizona at their best, I think, beats Washington State. And I know Washington State at their best, they can be good. I get that. But I think Arizona at their best. If Arizona plays like they did last week against UCLA, they win this game. You know, if they get that type of defense performance where they can get pressure on the quarterback, if they don't turn the ball over offensively, they're going to win this football game. Yeah, I agree. But I'm just not sold yet. You know, like, I, they did I, it one time. <laughs> like, they've done it once. And I know it was the most recent game. And recently, by says, hey, they're improving. And the offense is good. But can the defense do what it did and keep a mediocre to decent offense down? I I don't know. They haven't played a team like Washington. They haven't played an offense as bad as Washington State's since, what, Colorado? And uh, obviously, yeah. Washington State's better than Colorado. But the teams that Arizona's played on the other losing streak, they were good offenses, really good offenses, and they made Arizona's defense look really bad. UCLA's a really good offense, and Arizona's defense look competent. So like, what, what do we take from that? What carries over? I don't know. But if enough of it does, Arizona wins this game. I just, I just can't bring myself to assume that it's going to happen. I just can't. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, Adam. If Jaden Delora personally does not account for any turnovers, Arizona wins this game. <laughs> okay, so like a fumble by him or an interception. Yeah, cause I, I have a fear of the. You know, he has a, a bad habit of carrying the ball real loose when he's scrambling. You have Jordan Morgan out. He's going to be on the move unless you take those. You know take the decision-making in those kind of situations out of his hands as much as possible to mitigate that risk. Um, you know, if you try that, but yeah, when he's scrambling, he's going to have to make those decisions. Yeah. But the T-Mac to win to beat UCLA was great. Well, and the other, the other, yeah, the other, I mean, it was fantastic. Um, (laughs) the, 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 the other, the other fear I have with Arizona's defense is that Washington state is just going to run mediocre screen pass. That's highly effective over and over again against a young defense. Um, I mean, maybe Washington state will pull in Arizona and throw interceptions somehow on a screen pass, but I, I, that'd I'm be lovely. Gonna, I'm not going to count on that. Those, those two things are like my keys to the game. And it's very specific where it's, can they handle the screen pass on defense and Jade and Jane Delora not personally turn the ball over. You know, if, if Jacob Cowing has a, uh, a, a random fumble where the ball gets punched out that sucks <laughs> right <laughs> or you know or some other kind of you know michael wiley who's been genu- generally reliable or dj williams has a fumble on some big play that like yeah that's that's terrible some of that's just luck you know the Jaden delora ones i feel like are are more within his uh domain of control um most of the time um so the those are two very specific things that if, if Arizona defends the screen pass and Jaden Delora doesn't turn the ball over, I'm, I feel good about a win, but those are where I also feel real nervous about this game. Fair, fair. Well, the game is at noon, 12 PM kickoff, an afternoon game, a day game. Of course it's on pac 12 networks. We'll see, you know, it's a, the, it's the biggest game Arizona's played in a while with like legitimate things still on the line. Right. Like in November, they haven't been playing for Belgium, I guess since they played ASU back in 2018 when they lost that game. But otherwise, this is the first time they've been playing with so much on the line this late in the season. So we'll see how they come out, how Jed Fish and that coaching staff get them to build off of what happened last week against UCLA as opposed to let that be the pinnacle. You know, if you can avoid the letdown, then you could come out with a victory here. Oh, man. It's a, big games are fun. They also lead to nerves. It's a four-point spread. So we will see. But Brett, let's take a break and we come back. Let's talk some basketball. We're back here. One more segment to go, Brett. And of course, we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about basketball. This is Arizona after all. <laughs> women's and men's teams. Like, Raise your hand if no one's lost yet. We can raise our hands there because both the women's teams and the men's teams are off to very good starts. Of course, the women's team has beaten CSUN the last game, 87-47. They beat NAU 113-56. The stuff that we talked to P.J. Brown about, of course, has been coming true. The depth on this team so far has just been outstanding. Esme Martinez has been good. Kate Reese has been good. Jay Lavelle has been good. Like Shayna Pellington hasn't had to do as much. Like it looks like a very deep team, especially early on, and you love to see it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. It's it's a fun thing to be like trying to find opportunities to watch the Pac-12 Network to watch these ladies play because I think they're also going to play a really fun brand of of basketball. Yeah, yeah. The offense. I mean, you're scoring 87, 113, 104, 86. You know, these are high scoring teams because when you have this kind of depth like they do and the type of pace of play that they can play with now, too, 
Like it's a different team and they're still playing defense. Like PJ said, the hallmark of this team is going to be defense. And that may very well be the case when you can score like they have been scoring with the depth that they've been scoring with. And it's it's early in the season, right? I get it. And they haven't played anyone great. But they've got so many contributors right now. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players averaging double digits. Now, Grand, one of those is Paris Clark, who had 10 points in one game. But that is like this is not the Wildcats of a couple of years ago and probably not the Wildcats of last year. If they are this deep, they're going to be that much more difficult to defend and contend with. Yeah. And I, you know, I think we talked about that with PJ, where last year was kind of the transition from the Ari McDonald, um, you know. Uh, thing where it's basically during that season, you could see sometimes the the offense was give her the ball and watch her work. Right. It was great. And, and, and that wasn't the case last year. And there's times I, I know I got to watch, I didn't get to watch as much as I would like, but I watched some games earlier in the season and they were like, well, what, who's, who's going to be the one that shoots here guys. Um, and they're, <laughs> they were kind of figuring it out. I don't think that's going to be the case uh, with this year's roster. Cause I think there's a lot more, you know, just assertive offensive players, if, if you will, uh, that are that are that are and a little bit more raw athleticism that'll be able to generate their own shots and create and create shot opportunities. You know, it'll I think it'll you know not to compare to the men's team, but it'll be a little bit more free flowing offensively. You know, I think Adia Barnes has 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 always led with defense first, and that's shown up in the players she's recruited. But I think the people that she has on the on the roster this year are really good two way players, and that's going to just create a lot more offensive flow and you won't see that kind of stagnation that happens um yeah like you said they go they run this this team runs deep and it's going to be it's going to be a fun ride i think yeah yeah of course they played the two actual games where they scored 87 and 113 exhibition games before that 104 and 86 they play loyola marymount by the time you listen to this podcast they may have already played that game as friday the 18th which is when we're recording but yeah this looks like it's it's every bit as good a team as we thought it would be early on and for the reasons we were led to believe they would be good like they are like nothing seems fluky about what they're doing <laughs> similar to the men's team actually who just came out with a big win over utah tech 104 to 77 tommy lloyd's team has dropped 104 95 and 117 in their non-exhibition games <laughs> uh, and granted these are not great opponents these are teams that arizona should be dominating but they have been and similar to the women's team like you just you love to see it well and you know, obviously, standard um, comments around opponent applies, but you know, we talked about it. Uh, la- I think last week, uh, you, the, what you're seeing in development with some of the players is promising in terms of you know skills or attitude that you're seeing. You know, Azulis Tabillas in the first game out was aggressive as I've ever seen him on offense. Uh, you know, against Utah Tech, Umar Balo was like pulling out post moves i didn't know he had and he looked you know smooth with three o's uh perhaps to go along with the thick with two c's um you know there's and Pella larson i i maintain that i i don't know if i've ever seen somebody like he's he's physically transformed his body and just his he, he looks more athletic both in physique and in his 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 play on the court in terms of his bounciness mm-hmm. and his ability to penetrate, his ability to finish through contract, through contact, excuse me. Um, and, and I mean, we haven't even seen Courtney Ramey yet on the court in a real game, right? We've only seen him in an exhibition game. Um, so I think, I believe he's back for the next game. It was only yeah, a for, the Maui, for the Maui it tournament. It was a three-game yeah. NCAA, uh, yeah, we're going to do this suspension thing for, for reasons. Well, Arizona um, was able to survive his absence because, yes, <laughs> the depth on this team and the opponents. You know, Adama Ball has been good. Cedric Henderson been very good. Uh, Kirk Risa has shown, and granted, it's three games, but more consistent outside shooting, which just adds another dimension. But yeah, Balo and Tubelas have been, like, they took steps forward. It looks like Pedro Larson, of course, has taken a step forward. Kellen Boswell has been productive. Like, gives him a nice, true backup point guard. Of course, when Courtney Murray comes back, he'll play on the ball, too. But yeah, like, once the opponents get a little bit tougher, obviously, we'll learn more about Arizona. And of course, that could, it probably should happen. In the coming days, you know, they play Cincinnati on Monday and they're going to get either Ohio State or San Diego State, you know, and then it's depending on how the tournament shakes out, you know, which way it goes. But this is what you want. You know, I think it was last year when Arizona went to Vegas and they ended up just beating up on Michigan, who apparently isn't that good this year either. But when they did that, <laughs> you know, you're like, OK, there's really something here. Like they were beating teams. We're like, this is a good team that they just beat. And the way they did it was kind of it was eye opening. Right, how they just bullied them down low and still outran. Like it was just a combination of they did everything better. We'll see what they do this year because there's 
it's a different Arizona team. There isn't a Matthew. There isn't a Coloco. There isn't a Dalen Terry. But Tubelis has been better. Balo has been better. Pelo Larson has filled his role. And if these guys can do that along with the supporting players like they've had, a Courtney Ramey comes in, Henderson plays like that, Dama Ball, Kirk Risa. Like, this is still a very, very good team that, yeah, they're dropping 100 points on bad opponents. They might be able to still drop 80, 90 against good ones. Yeah, I, I think... His, let me see if I can say this in a way that doesn't sound weird. I don't know if they, you know, they might be a more well-rounded roster this year, even if they lack some of the star power. Uh, like, you know, Cedric Henderson, Pella Larson getting more minutes. Kirk Carissa has been, you know, part of that success from outside is the shot selection on his part, right? Like if he's shooting in rhythm with his feet set, he's a much more accurate shooter than when he, you know, dribble, dribble, dribble to do your play-by-play uh, mm-hmm. uh uh, things you know and, and he doesn't pass to wing or pass to center he just jacks the ball from 25 feet when he's doing heat check plays you know probably not the best play or when he's you know he's shooting off the dribble you know there's a lot i think cedric henderson is going to be a low-key great addition i think courtney ramey is going to be similar where they're very well-rounded players they can hit the outside shot they can defend well they pass well those things are are like it's almost like a good running game on uh, in football, right? It wears teams down because that good ball movement and smart decision making eventually leads to success, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think that you may not see, you know, you're not going to have a Ben Matherin on this team. I just, you know, I think the best players are going to be Tubelis and 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 uh, and Pell Larson and maybe Kirk Carissa with Omar Ballo having some big games, but like there's not a Ben Matherin there. And there's not. No, he's in Indiana, just playing great for the Pacers. Yeah, look, he's 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I had some hot takes on Twitter uh, a year or two ago where I was like, I think Ben Matherin's actually really really good, and his game even reminds me of some very famous Hall of Famers that I was embarrassed to even mention at the time. But now it doesn't seem like a completely crazy thing to say. <laughs> um, you know that. It's 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 a balanced team and a, a a more don't don't underestimate a little bit more mature Kerr Carissa also right one more year of experience like where he still has that feisty attitude that you know between him and and Courtney Ramey uh, there's there's a little bit more dog mentality I think on this roster like the problem is with Kerr Carissa especially when he's like injured in the tournament it was a little more scrappy do than Scooby Doo uh, in terms of being a dog. Um, you know, but he's another year older, a little more physically <laughs> developed. Um, you know, I, it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And I, I've actually been, like I, I mentioned, Umar Balo against, at least against Utah Tech and even some of the other games, like he's got a nice little baby hook. He's looking, he's looking more refined offensively and a little leaner and more nimble and still, you know, he's for a he's big, still strong. And, he's a large man. And for as big as he is, he's, he's a, he, he's like a quick jumper, right? Like he can, that's why he can block shots so effectively and be such a good defender, even on ball. He's, he's nimble for being as big as he is. Uh, One thing I want to see though, and it kind of relates to Balo too, is like when you mentioned, there's no math on this team. There's, there is a level of just like bouncy athleticism they don't have compared to last year's team. So I'm curious when they play better athletes, when they play stronger, bigger, quicker players who can jump, you know, better. How does Tubelis look? Because he struggled. Remember we remember the tournament. But he's had success against good players, so I don't doubt that he can do it. But I want to see, I want to see what we're seeing now against higher level talent, like for obvious reasons. But we're saying like they don't have the Ben Matherin. Cool, you can win without a Ben Matherin. I'm sure of it. But how is this team going to beat good teams? How is this team going to win against good opponents without that high flying guy? Without someone who can drop 25 just on a dime, you know, get their own shot off like the Ben Matherin could? Without having Coloco running around the court like a gazelle, you know, like how do they do it? How is this team going to win those games? Because, yeah, they might shoot better. I think there's more shooters on this team. They have more ball handlers, I think, who can actually pass the ball and really break opponents down off the dribble for just running the offense. But there are certain players who still have to prove that they can excel in these new roles against good teams. Like, yeah, it's all fun against you're playing Utah Tech. But what happens when you play someone who's good, who can, you know, a big point guard who has quickness, who can match a Kirk Creesa? and kind of bottle him up a little bit, not give him the freedom. When someone can kind of push Tubelis off the blocker, I'm not going to say that to Balo because no one's pushing Balo off the block. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Brett? Like, just how does this team fare against that higher-level talent when it faces it? Because Pella Larson as the sixth man is different than Pella Larson as, you know, your one or number, like your number two option. Same thing with Azulis Tubelis. So at first, Adam, I thought you were going to go down the uh, uh, 
the DeAndre Ayton criticism. How come he doesn't dunk as much? Oh, I don't care. As long as the ball goes into the... (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I would actually counter what you said a little bit and say, last year in the tournament, Arizona had those athletes, and they were the superior athletes, I would even say, to Houston and to... uh, Gosh, I'm blanking on who they played the game before against Houston. TCU? Yeah, TCU. But uh, when I say athletes, I mean like... Good athletes, but these are strong, quick, big guys that they're going to be facing that they weren't facing sure. in the last couple of games. But I guess the, I, I'm going to turn this around and say that Arizona's roster more resembles those teams now without just the raw, the, the, that high flyer, as you said. You don't need that to win games. TCU no. wasn't, you know, wasn't a bunch of high flyers, right? Uh, really good, uh, cohesive, uh, crisp executing offenses work. And especially if you have well-rounded players, you know, I don't think you're going to have anybody that's nobody's going to average 20 points a game on this, on this roster, maybe to Bellis if he plays out of his mind. But to, like, I think that's the, to Bellis is the, I, I think at the heart of this question, Adam, and he, but he was on this team last year and the year before. Right. And he is a good athlete, but not a great athlete. And he struggles. I would actually contend that he struggles less with athleticism as he does with, toughness um guys that get up in his grill and th- he's he's a finesse he's more of a finesse player right and that that means there's something of it's it's a lot more about coordination quickness and uh, not getting thrown off your rhythm um that hopefully he's learned that lesson from getting out of pack 12 play where you can get by with that where they call 77 fouls in a 40 minute game but you get to you know go to a, a outside the conference or into march madness where though you know that whistle doesn't call it as much and, and bluntly, rightfully so. And how is he going to adjust to that? And how is he going to be able to handle that? And also he's just another year more physically mature, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Amar Balo is 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 you know, he's not going to suffer from uh, a, a, a lack of strength. And I actually think his relative athleticism for his size is is pretty darn good. Um, you know, I think, you know. Paul Larson, I think, has has made a leap athletically, and so I, 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 I turn your question around on you and actually say that how Arizona succeeds against potentially some superior high flyer athletes is how they were beaten last year. Well, I guess I, I guess I don't mean high flyer because you mentioned like the toughness. Like, does this team have what it takes to contend with the toughness that certain teams are going to bring? That's all, and we won't we don't know yet. Obviously, and there's a long season to go where certain players like Balo should be better against. Tubelas is a big guy. Kirk Creasa doesn't. He doesn't get scared or thrown off his game. But if this team faces a team that has the same size and athletes, but is tough, right? Is this Arizona team? Because, yeah, you don't have to be that way if you're tough, if you are cohesive offensively, you play that type of basketball. Will this team do that? You know, they may not do it right now. Will they do it by March? That That's kind of what I'm getting at because, yeah, you don't need the high-flying athletes to win basketball games, but they can help. So if you don't have that, you need other things. Does this team have that? They're trending in that direction. But do we know for sure? Well, and, and I don't want to just belabor the March Madness outcome points and those those data points of the TCU uh, and Houston games. But also, you know, one, Kirk Carissa is healthier and a True. year wiser than he was in March. But maybe even more importantly, in terms of that cohesive offense, you have Kylan Boswell to turn to as a backup uh, along with Courtney Ramey. And Kylan Boswell is maybe not a high flyer, but that guy is a, that, that is a, a true point guard that, you know, the offense got more stagnant even when an injured Kirk Carissa came off the court, right, <laughs> last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's not going to be that 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 stagnation drop-off if he's not on the court. Despite his sometimes questionable shot selection, he generally is a pretty good point guard, right? Um, and he's a pretty darn good facilitator and, uh, you know, facilitator in terms of generating opportunities for others to, to score, even if it's not a direct one-to-one relationship, he's getting that flow in the offense. I do think Kylan Boswell uh, is that has that same skill. That is like maybe his biggest core skill, to, to be honest. Um, I, I think, and I think we've seen that in the early minutes with him even coming back from his injury. He's getting more minutes at the point, even when Courtney Ramey is healthy. I think Kylan Boswell is still going to get the point minutes. I think Courtney Ramey is only the point guard in an emergency situation, and rightfully so. Um, so I think that's that's my way of really answering your question, where that, that depth <laughs> and well-roundedness, um, I think that's I, 
I have I have confident, you know, maybe the shots fall and or maybe they don't fall and that's that's a game to game situation, but I don't think they're going to run into periods of stagnation because of that uh that depth at the point guard spot. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's what this team needs to be. And of course, we'll find out more. Again, the Maui Gym, Maui Invitational is Arizona men's basketball's next effort. They are playing Cincinnati to start, and then we'll see. You got Creighton, you got Arkansas, you got Louisville, Ohio State, San Diego State, Texas Tech in this one. There's some pretty good teams where if Arizona met, like, we'll learn, we'll know a lot more about this team after this trip. Like, yeah. it's not the end all, but if they win this tournament, doesn't mean they're going to be great. If they lose a game somewhere, doesn't mean they're not going to be, you know, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 14. But it's a nice measuring stick, more so than the previous three games will have proven to be. And I know I am excited to see what happens there. Brett, I think that's about does it for us today. What do you think? Did we, did we get everything? I think so, though I, I do feel like we probably shouldn't have finished talking basketball without mentioning Adama Ball or Henry Vesar, but, you know. They'll, they'll have their time where we talk about them a lot. <laughs> I am very confident about it. Ball's been solid. Vesar has shown flashes. When that guy gets stronger, he's going to be a force. Uh, I think I think Vesar is going to be a force. Uh, he's he's going to have a, a a handful of big games. It may take the Pac twelve yeah. Pac twelve play for him to really like make a huge impact. Um, you know, sometime when Omar Ball is in foul trouble. Uh, but yeah, even you know, put a few pounds on that guy and and a little bit of experience, and he's gonna he's gonna do good things. Okay, so with that said, are we good? Did we miss anything else? I suppose, Adam. All right. Well, of course, everyone, we appreciate you listening. You can find us on Twitter for now, anyway, at Wildcat Radio AZ. Uh, we'll keep you posted on if those things change. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can find our podcast also on iTunes and Spotify. If you're on iTunes, you know, leave us a review, a rating and a review. We will read that review on the air. And Brett, you said we have a review. So we, what? We do. Great tell. The, the, it is entitled Great Arizona Podcast. So I like where this is heading already. Uh, it is from No Truck Stops, which I believe is our our, our best friend, Mr. Equity Bruin. Um, this is my go-to uh, Arizona football podcast. These guys know their stuff, and they're fun on Twitter, too. Five stars. I'm going to call that a win, Adam. I'm going to assume he left that before the game last Saturday. Uh, it was November 9th. So I believe you are correct. <laughs> sure, he liked us a lot more before Arizona went to Los Angeles and beat up on UCLA, but we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so that's what we'll do. Of course, we like, the, we like the nice comments. We will read the less nice ones, too, if you leave it for us. That's on iTunes. Again, rate us, review. We will read that review on the air. But also subscribe to us on iTunes and on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can get Wildcat Radio. So, yeah, Arizona football. Big game against Washington State. Win that game. And the ASU game is for more than just a territorial cup and bragging rights. It is for bowl eligibility. Basketball, both men's and women's are going to really get going with some tougher opponents in the near future. Men's basketball is going to Maui. That doesn't suck. We'll talk about all the things that happened with football, with basketball, and everything else big in Arizona athletics next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.